Welcome to Pin the Q Productions. If you are interested in the culture of the fire service and keeping tradition alive, you have come to the right place. Now sit back and relax with your brothers and sisters and enjoy the show. Be sure to like and subscribe on all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. For more information on Pin the Q Productions, visit www.pintheq.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to Pin the Few Podcast, and we are episode 39 here in Adelphi, New Jersey, which is part of Hal Township. Um, everyone that knows anything about this show knows Hal Township is kind of like in our DNA, but there's a few things you don't know about Hal Township, and specifically Alabama, or like we like to call it, Adelphia. Um, but it's not always been Adelphia, right? It's right. Like a couple right. different names. Right. What, what are some of those names? So Adelphia was actually at one time called Turkey. Turkey. Then it was also called Blue Ball, and then it became Adelphia. And if you are lucky enough, you'll actually hear one of the mascots. Right, right, right. One of our local roosters. Yeah, yeah local rooster in the background. Rooster and away. Yeah, so it's perfect. It all yeah. lines up. Yep. So before we get too far into this, uh, why don't you tell everybody who you are? Hey, my name is Maris Gablix. Okay. I'm a uh, past chief here in Adelphia. Just finished uh, being president here for 20 years. Wow. So that was a pretty big milestone. Um, so I've been a firefighter here, a volunteer for like 36 years. Um, that's quite I was, a feat. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, you talk about it so nonchalant. Right, so right, deal, right. Crazy, right? 36 and, years. And uh, was a junior firefighter. So I was the first junior firefighter to graduate from Adelphia. Awesome. So that's kind of my volunteer service. And in career, I've been a wildland firefighter uh, for, for many years. I was a state fire warden for New Jersey Forest Fire Service for 10 years. Uh, I've been retired nine years, and I've been working for the uh, U.S. Forest Service ever since then. So when you say retired, not you're not really retired. You're, yeah, it's just like kind of busy. a retired from, you know, the pension system. Right. I'm retired. So officially, yes, state of New Jersey, I'm retired. So anybody that's out there still paying into the pension, he thanks you. Right, exactly. Yeah, we'll we definitely that, appreciate right, everybody. As much as yep, we can. Yep. So the reason we're here uh, is because when I initially spoke to Tim McKay from Philadelphia from here. Sure. Uh, and we started talking about the fire department. One day we sat down and talked, and, and he had said, you know, I love talking to you about the fire company. I love the fire company, but there's someone you need to talk to at this fire company who has a lot more to say and has a lot more to offer. You. Right, right. And one of the things we spoke about, which I think is pretty interesting, which we're going to get to, is the fact that there's no changeover here. Right, yeah, yeah. We've never had a repeat chief. So since 1927... Uh, most chiefs have been two-year chiefs, but early years, uh, they were one-year chiefs, you know, and then as they went into World War II, they were one-year chiefs, but then after that, it became a two-year uh, job, and we've never had a repeat. So in like 90, what, three years, we've never had a repeat chief. Okay, so did you hear what he just said? So in 93 years, and this is something I've never heard before until I spoke to, to Tim, but I've never heard this before in right. any other fire company, any organization that, that, and help me out if you're one of those organizations that's never had anybody turn over in how many years? Yeah, like 93 years. 93 years. That is unbelievable to me. It's, it's right. actually astonishing. Right. You know, it's that, amazing. It is. You yeah. Know, when you think about that in, in a volunteer organization that, because most places, someone's a chief for a few years and then they go kind of on a high day right. and the next right. day they're back. But it's interesting that in your company here, that, and is that, yeah. that is obviously the yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely a tradition. And it's all about grooming the people, right. giving the people the experience and let, giving them the opportunity to be the chief. So really, in this organization, you don't have burnout. 
Right, right, right. We're just constantly bringing in new blood right. and bringing the people up, training them, and um, you know, letting them perform and be chief. So, Maris, let's go back. Let's go back to, you told me you were a junior member here. Yeah, yeah. Take me back to that to that time in your life. Tell me what it was like for you. How did you get involved in all this? Well, you know, I've got an older brother. Okay. He joined the fire company first. Um, so I kind of followed in his footsteps. I kind of was interested in firefighting even before that. Uh, I always had a, a uh, interest in wildland firefighting. So I remember back in school, the local section fire warden, it was uh, B8, Albie Younger back then, came to the school. And uh, he had the really cool truck. Right. And I was like, you know what? That's the job I want to do. And so I even was, at a young age, yeah, you knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was always interested in it. And uh, my brother joined the fire company first. He's about four years older than me. So I remember going to fires with my brother because, you know, back then, 35 right. years ago, you could get away with a much lot of stuff. Right. So, yeah, so I remember as a 14-year-old kid driving on a fire truck, PNF fires. Right. Um, so, and then I kind of followed through. And, uh, you know, when I was 17, that's when the junior firefighter program started here in Adelphia. There were two um, members, uh, Tom Ward Sr. and Frank Bosco, Frank okay. Boschancic. Uh, they had young sons too that were kind of in that age group. This and is they all family said, oriented. Yeah, that yeah, thing. definitely. And they said, hey, you know what? We need to, we need to start up a junior firefighter program. And uh, over the years, you know, that's, uh, what's that, like 37 years has been wow. a junior firefighter program. And a lot of those juniors have become members. I mean, some of them have stayed a couple years, but there's some that have been, you know, in the fire company ever since they were juniors. Now, do you have chiefs in this organization that were chiefs that came up as junior members? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's quite a few chiefs. Yeah. I, yeah. I bet you probably half or more of the recent chiefs were all junior firefighters. So that speaks volumes of the organization and it speaks volumes of the program. Definitely. That, you know, it brings up, brings up members. Definitely. What was it like, though, as a member? What was Hal Township like then for you? Well, I mean, Hal Township was really rural. You know, growing up as a kid, uh, a lot of farms, a lot of forests. You know, all the communities, the bedroom communities that are here weren't here at that time. Right. So it was mostly farms, scattered houses. Um, you know, and it was a big deal to come to the firehouse. Right. You know, as a kid. And even back then, it was hard to get a job. If you were like 16 or 17 years old, there weren't a lot of places to get jobs. Like because now, it was so rural. Yeah, right? yeah, because right. it was rural. Yeah, right. so it was really hard to get a job, you know. So so uh, it was always fun to come here, you know. And we always had uh, good mentors. You know, a lot of the older members, uh, you know, said, hey, it's, it's good to have the kids here yeah. because they'll do the stuff, they'll wash the trucks, but we'll teach them. You know, I can relate to, to you because at 14, that's exactly what I did. I started as a yeah. junior member too. And, yeah. and I remember those relationships you had right. you know, with the senior members in the department and stuff. And it, it does build you as a, sure. pers as a sure. person, not only sure. as a firefighter, but as a person too. Definitely. Not every junior member goes on to be a, a fireman. Fire right, member, but, but they get a good foundation, right. they learn a lot, and they have respect for the fire service. That I agree with. And also, would you agree too that a lot of their trades, tradesmen, also started that oh yeah you learn a lot i learned a lot of Absolutely. things how to do here right you know painting yep. cleaning all kind of basic stuff you yeah, know because as what kind of tools what are the that. tools right right yeah we, we learned a lot yeah so when you turned 18 you became a, a full-fledged member yeah yeah what yep. was that like for you um it was cool because at that point um it was just cool to say, hey, you know, we're you a member it. here because right. you saw older people too, you know, well, not the, uh, you know, older than me. And you saw that they were members and you're like, wow, now I'm one of them. So and definitely your brother was, was here cool. too. Yeah, time. my brother was here. Yeah. So my brother was here. He became an assistant chief and then he wound up moving out to Oregon. So currently my brother is still a volunteer firefighter out in Oregon. He's in Dallas. He's a deputy chief. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, he's, been, um, he's been a volunteer there ever since he moved here. So... 
shoot, that's probably 30 years now, and wow. he is in the public safety profession too. He's uh, currently the director of police and fire training for state of Oregon. Not too shabby. Yeah, yeah. So and, and he also has a background with forestry. No, no, no. He's no, he just doesn't. a structural guy. Oh, a structural yeah, guy. yeah. He knows a little bit about wildland, but it's probably yeah. been what's rubbed off me onto him. <laughs> so, I mean, I hope he's going to watch this and hear yeah. that. But, yeah, he, he, he knows what wildland firefighting is about, but he's pretty much a structural guy. So, yeah. you were here as a member at 18, and at what point did you start moving up the line? What was that like for you? Explain that. Well, let's see. Um, you know, but... Two, when I was 18, I was looking to get a full-time job, too. Right. So I was always working part-time, doing different things, um, you know, to get my foot in the door to get a full-time job. Because my goal was to work for New Jersey Forest Fire Service. That so that was, was my goal, goal even young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my goal. So 18, I know that's what I want to do. Uh, at that point, you needed a four-year degree to be a fire warden in New Jersey. So I went to Rutgers, and I was able to... Um, take a civil service test even before I graduated college. So okay. it worked out really good. Yeah. But I also uh, worked out in California. I worked for State of California Department of Forestry uh, as a firefighter. So wow. I did that. And uh, that was a really good experience. They're like a top-notch agency in, in the U.S. Probably one of the pro – they are the best state wildland fire protection agency. I mean, thousands of employees. That's uh, do Cal structure. Fire? Yeah, yeah, Cal Fire. They're called right. – yeah, they used to be called CDF, California Department of Forestry. Then they became fire, – and fire protection. And now they just call them Cal Fire. Yeah, yeah, I saw an yeah. interesting uh, program where they, they have inmates that... Yeah, 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 yeah. Now they were talking about COVID-19 that they had shortages. But yeah, when I worked there, there were inmate crews. Yep, yep. Wow. Fire captains were assigned to be in charge of an inmate crew. Uh, all the fellas that I work with at this point are retired. There's two fire captains I still talk to that have retired uh, that worked at the fire station that I worked at when, they, when we were all seasonal firefighters. Yeah. What, what was it like for you to... I mean, that's an, it's an amazing journey to go to California. Yeah, yeah. I kind of just decided as a kid, I kind of set my sights that I, hey, I need to get experience as a wildland firefighter. Right. And, uh, you know, I think most of the kids in the western U.S. think, hey, I'm going to work for U.S. Forest Service. But here being in New Jersey, there, there there's no national forest here. It's the right. state. It's New Jersey Forest Fire Service. So I said, you know what? I got to get some experience. And I said, uh, let me go out there to California. And what I did was that one summer, it was in the spring, I, um, I had talked to a person in California. And he said, hey, here's the process to get hired. So basically, I applied to um, a whole load of, uh, they call them ranger districts, like okay. organizational you know, zones. And I just applied to a whole load of them. And one weekend, I said, okay, I'm flying to California. And I hit all the different stations that I could, or the the um, the districts that I could hit in a weekend and wow. did the interviews. So you were so the very first, motivated. Yeah, 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 definitely. So the first one that offered me a job, I'm like, I'm there. Wow. So that's pretty much what happened. So it was cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, definitely. that, that speaks a lot of your character, that you were so driven to what you wanted to yeah. do. You knew what you wanted to do. Definitely. Yeah, so definitely. That, that's good. You know. And then you tell your parents, yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to fly out to California. They're like... Okay, you know, so I, mean, I don't know if I would let my kids do it today. <laughs> it's a different time then. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a different and then time. I said, I'm going to California to work this summer. They're like, okay, have a right. good time. And call it's, us. And it's you, not like you could uh, text. Right. You couldn't call. You're lucky if you call them once a week. You, you know, hey, mom, dad, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> Most so people don't know what pay phone is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I always say that too. Exactly. It's a box with a phone exactly. in it. What is exactly. That? So that's exactly. interesting. I, I didn't even know that you went yeah. to California. Yeah, yeah. So it was good. good. And how long good. were you in Cali? Yeah, uh, it was one summer, one okay. season. Yeah, yeah. So it was good, you know. But you build a lot of relationships. Oh, absolutely. And a lot of the people, um, you know, traveling across the U.S. on fires over the years, I've interacted with people that I worked with in California. That's interesting. So it's, it's really cool. It's yeah. a cool part of your journey. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So 
So you, you're back here now, and, and you started to rise up the ranks. Yeah, so I got full-time as a section fire warden right out of college. What was that for? 22 what? years old. What was that like for you? That was amazing because it was like, man, I'm badass now yeah. because I'm a section fire warden, you know, 22 years old. So that was, that, was, was amazing. Was that young at that time? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's young now too. Yeah, okay. definitely, definitely. So would yeah. you say? Yeah, I think when I got hired full-time looking at the cadre of the employees across New Jersey, I was like a little baby, right. definitely. Looking I was back. just a little kid. Yeah, had to grow my mustache to look older. <laughs> Yeah. Were you the youngest? I don't know if I was ever the youngest, but probably close to the record. Yeah. 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 I would say so. Yeah. At 22 years old. That's a, yeah. I mean, that's an important and, and a huge responsibility. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, it was good. So you it did this good. since age 22. Yeah. Yeah. Worked up in North Jersey first. Okay. Then got back here to this, uh, you know, section right here, B8, because that okay. was kind of my home, you know, home turf. Right. So I got that one. So that was even more amazing. You know, speak so really speak to a little bit about um, the people who are watching that aren't maybe familiar with the forestry service or forest fire service in Jersey. It's not just putting out fires, right? I mean, you, yeah, it's, it's every aspect of fire management. It's the big picture, public safety, and how wildfires and wildfire management all evolve. Right. Because this whole central South Jersey area is all fire adapted. Fires occur here. Fires have occurred here for thousands of years. It's it's a fire adapted ecosystem. So wildfires are part of South and Central New Jersey. And what does it mean? Uh, and we often get a lot of these questions. And I'm not a professional when it comes to forestry service stuff. So I'm curious myself. What is what is the setting back fires? What is that all about? Well, I mean, there's two things. There's prescribed fire. Okay. And that's uh, in the winter months or when fire danger is low is actually introducing fire into the forest. So basically you're mimicking a wildfire with prescribed fire and you're um, reducing the buildup of the forest fuels, but it's actually a benefit to the forest because it keeps the forest healthy. Okay. The forest needs fire every so often. You know, the, the, the kind of the cross is human caused fires are bad. So the whole message behind Smokey Bear, you know, you had the picture of me with Smokey right. Bear because I'm a big Smokey Bear fan. But the whole Smokey Bear message is preventing human-caused wildfires. Even though fires are part of the ecosystem, we, you know, you can't have a message that it's okay for people to light fires right. because it's not. Because, it, um, you know, you don't want to burn somebody's house down or you don't want to kill somebody with a wildfire, which definitely has a potential here and, in New Jersey for occurring. And so, this can uh, happen as, as much as like, just a cigarette butt. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And the drier it gets more things start fires, right. you know, accidental types of fires. Um, so that's kind of the prescribed fire. And then, you know, the backfiring one right. is just when you have large-scale fires, just to use an indirect attack, and that's where you'll use the backfiring technique to basically burn out the fuels in advance of the fire. So that's the whole backfiring type of terminology. Right. You know. It's interesting how, how much goes into what you do. Oh, sure, sure, you sure, know, sure. It's, it's a lot Yeah, it's more. not more than just putting out fires. Right. A lot of people think that it's just putting out fires. But it's, you know, the big thing is uh, for people that live in the Pine Barrens, just to be aware that wildfires occur here and people need to be proactive to protect their own property because it's inevitable that a fire is going to happen, but your property doesn't have to be damaged. If you're, if you're um, you know, wise about right. what you do around your home and prepare, you can protect your property. What was the most important aspect for you in your position with the state? Was it more pub ed education or was it more prevention? I think it was kind of everything. Okay. Everything, but I think you have like, um, 
you know, people say that uh, when you're managing something, you might have like the stove on with all the pots. So you got all these pots burning different right. pots. So a lot of the stuff rises at different times, but definitely it's awareness and it's firefighter safety and public safety. I mean, we want to make sure that all of our firefighters are safe, but we also want to ensure that the public's safe. So everything we're doing is to protect the people. Well, I can tell you firsthand, I have a whole new respect for those type of fires because I got caught in a head fire one time. Okay. And I remember the sound, you know, I remember the roar. Sure. It sounded sure. like a train coming above me and the sure. intense heat and just that it's that fast. Yeah, I mean, definitely, it, definitely. The temperature changed, everything changed in a, definitely. In a moment's notice. And definitely. the next thing you know, it's over us. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's a whole new respect. Yeah, and there's a time and a place, too, for aggressive direct attacks on these fires. And then there's a time and place, too, for remote fires to just say, hey, you know what, let's back off. Public safety, firefighter safety. If this fire, we're going to you know, use indirect attack. And if the fire's a little larger, so be it. But we're managing this fire. You know. So as a, as a uh, section warden, then what would you rise to next? Yeah, then I wound up being in uh, Division B office, which is central New Jersey, so covering Middlesex, Monmouth, Ocean, Burlington counties. So that was a really good opportunity. And always had a lot of good mentors at the New Jersey Forest Fire Service, too. A lot of senior guys that you learn a lot from. Uh, so that was great. Uh, then I was lucky enough to work at state headquarters. Then I went back to Division B headquarters to be in charge of uh, Division B. So that was really amazing because probably that's like uh, the best job in the forest fire service. Being no in charge of Division B, you're like the man. Right. Because uh, Division B has the hottest fires each year, big fires, lots of potential. So you're just always high profile. Right. You're, you're where the action is. And you're like the, you're like the man. You know, a lot so of responsibility really in that. Yeah, definitely yeah. a lot of responsibility, yeah. And then after that, I got to go back to uh, state headquarters. I was the uh, assistant state fire warden. Worked for a fellow uh, named Dave Harrison. Okay. He had been the state fire warden, I think, for 18 years. And uh, that fellow worked for New Jersey Forest Fire Service, I don't know, 45 years. Wow. Mandatory retirement, 65. Yep. Last day on the job, he was still there, no still kidding. at the office. Yeah, so amazing guy. And then um, I got to fill his shoes and become state fire warden after him. So wow. it was just a good. Was that uh, a dream for you to come? Yeah, to yeah, it was awesome. You know, as a kid, I would always say to the guys, I would always joke, uh, you know, I'm going to be chief here someday. I'm going to be the <laughs> chief. You know, you just kind of bust the guys. And then, then I was did. like, damn, I am the chief. Yeah. You know, so it was really good. Yeah, awesome opportunity. Yeah, so definitely. Speak, speak to us a little bit about what that opportunity meant to you personally. To achieve that well I think you know I've always had to drive to do better to do stuff and a lot of times I'd say to people guess what if you don't take the promotion somebody else might and you might not be happy with the person that becomes your supervisor God, that's true so I was always happy to move up and take the responsibility and uh, take the opportunity so so definitely you know so yeah. always uh, looking for an opportunity looking to do stuff better looking to be proactive you know and the whole thing about leadership it's not about you it's about taking care of your folks and making sure that your organization is working smoothly and they're doing what they need to do and they're safe absolutely you know looking back at your career in the forest fire service what would you say your best accomplishment was was it becoming chief or was it was it something else Nah, i don't i don't i think it's just doing the work that we did right. you know we had uh we had some pretty serious fires and we worked with pinelands commission to try to uh, change the way we manage the forest, you know, putting in fire breaks, fuel breaks, 
uh, raising public awareness, making uh, firewise communities where the people realize, hey, we live next to a you know volatile forest. Right. Maybe we should be a little proactive. So those are the types of things I look at as the uh, as the accomplishments. Yeah, I was the chief, right. but it was all the guys. We're a team, you know. What What was that relationship like that you built throughout the years in the Forest Fire Service with the people that you worked with? Well, you, you kind of have an interesting relationship with everybody when you're the chief, you know, state fire ward. So you've worked with people side by side as a section fire warden, and. Um, Sometimes maybe ups and downs. Maybe everybody doesn't agree with every decision you make every time. But you know, if you're in the seat, you make the decisions and you're looking out for the best for your people and your best for the organization. Right. You know? and, and you've watched the people before you, and then you, you have your own vision, your own way you Right, right, right. So yeah, definitely. I mean, growing up in the organization, you kind of are looking at that vision the whole time. Right. So then when you get there, you kind of look and say, hey, what's my vision? But you know, that's the hardest thing too, is getting everybody to be on the same page. Um, you know, they say like an organizational change, seven years in an organization, if you make a change, it takes seven years before the people don't even realize anymore that there was a change. Wow. So you've got that time that it takes. So you can't just go in and say, I'm gonna make a change and in two weeks, everything's going to yeah. be okay. It doesn't work that yeah, way. You might think yeah. it's going to work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it takes time. The reality exactly. is it's not, and, and, and you're right, it does take some time. Yeah, it so takes time. It's an interesting take on that. It takes time, right? yeah, yeah. So now that you're retired from that, yeah. you have obviously more time to be here. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm retired, but I do work. I work for the federal government. So I've been retired from New Jersey for nine years. Uh, I've been working for the U.S. Forest Service, and I work in uh, cooperative fire programs. So the region I work with or work in, Excuse me. We cover the uh, 20 northeast states. Wow. So we work with Maine over to Minnesota, down to Missouri, back to Maryland. So we work with those 20 state fire programs. So we work with you the fire get, chiefs. You can't get enough of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Love it. It's, it's obvious. You can't get enough. Yeah, yeah. And then also um, get assigned to FEMA. So one of the jobs we have in U.S. Forest Service co-op fire is when FEMA declares a disaster, U.S. Forest Service coordinates firefighting resources for the nation. Oh, wow. So that's one of the jobs I do, too. So I wound up working with uh, FEMA Region 2 and FEMA Region 3. So, so when you hear people going out west, yeah, you're intimately involved in that. Yeah, yeah, I've done it. I've done yeah. it. You know, so I've been out on a, quite a few crews out west over the years. Uh, done a lot of different jobs. You know, overhead supervisory type jobs. I am on an incident management team, so I do some different positions on an incident management team. So we do travel across the country wow. uh, on wildfires. Tell tell our viewers what it's like when you're here in New Jersey and then you get called to go out west. I mean, what's that like? Yeah. So basically, what happens is kind of uh, you know it kind of gets ramped up. You see right. on the news that fires are occurring. They're starting to mobilize resources. Uh, the national. Uh, level of fire preparedness keeps going up like one is the lowest five's the highest so when it's like um level three that's when the the state people start getting saying who right. you know maybe we'll get called so it's it's pretty intense i mean you have a lot of people that um are just as gung-ho to go right. and um we kind of have a mix you know some people maybe it's their first time going but it's an awesome experience and then there's a lot of people that can't get enough of it. They want right. to go every year, and they're out there. Most people you know? I talk to that are in the fire service, or forest fire service, all want to go. Yeah, they're looking yeah, forward to yeah, going. definitely, definitely, definitely. And you know, lots changed too, because in the past, like when I first started doing Atlanta, we made the joke before about payphones. Right. But you couldn't even call home to check in. Right. You were lucky if you could find a payphone. So a lot of times you were away, maybe for two weeks, your family didn't even know. It's not like today, everybody's right. texting and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I a lot of difference there. Then. Yeah, it, there was. I can remember too on fires uh, waiting in line for a payphone, or they had a satellite phone 
set up and wow. you had to wait in line. You know, everybody was given on it a couple those, minutes. Awesome. I, I love hearing things like that yeah. because, I mean, I understand those things at my age, but there's a lot of people now, yeah. this generation, have no clue what you're talking right, about. You right, know? right, right. Because everything's instant, instant gratification. Yeah. You, know, you have a cell phone, you have the internet, you have all these different sure. ways to contact sure. people. So. I remember getting the first pager at work with Forest Fire Service, you know, and it was like uh, they'd put a one in there if it was an emergency right. or whatever. And then you could use the excuse if your boss called and said, hey, why didn't you call back right away? You'd say, well, I couldn't find the pay phone, right. so, so it had to wait. Sorry, you know. You so can't you do that could, today. Yeah, you could have done that back then. It's too yeah. easy to get to a phone. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was awesome. It was a whole different culture. So now your, your position now with U.S. Forestry, yeah. you, it's more of a more of a relaxed role than it yeah, was. Yeah, more administrative, administrative yeah, right. behind the was scenes. Was that hard for you to step away from um, the activity? I guess the biggest thing is when you retire, when you're the chief, you're the man. So when you retire from that, you kind of take on a role, you know, different role. But it's good because other people have to move up and do it. Right. It's just like here at the fire company. I was just going to say that. You know, right. everybody gets their opportunity. They get, they get to move up. You know, just like the president job here, 20 years. It's amazing. Five presidents. Now the sixth one is in. In 98 so, years. Yeah. Yeah. 93. 93. Yeah, so in yeah, 93 yeah. years, there's only been Yeah. First five. guy did it for 10 years. Second guy did it for 25 years. Two guys did it for 17 years each. And then I did it for 20. That's you know? unbelievable. And when I did it, I left chief. And the fellow that was the president, Frank Biddle Jr., he had been the president for 17 years, and he said, uh, yeah, I'm giving it up. And they're like, well, somebody needs to do it. And then I was like, yeah, I, I'll do it. I'll raise my hand. And then 20 years goes by, and it's like, where did 20 years go? You know, just amazing. But a lot of good times, too, over those years, you yeah. know, and dealing with the different chiefs. So over those 20 years, interacted with 10 different fire chiefs. Right. So each one has their own little management style. Sure. Everybody's got their own personality. But everybody does good, you know, and everybody's there to back them up. So, you know, if, if they've got questions, there's a lot of people here yeah. that can help you. The one you thing know? I'll say with, with someone in, like, your position as a president for 20 years, I mean, talk about finger on the pulse. Yeah, yeah. It's like managing a business for two Yeah, years. yeah, times, you know, and then we're looking at our fundraisers and everybody always wants to spend money. Of course. And everybody always wants to buy something, but you still kind of have to be like the mom and right, say, right. well, a little time out here, let's figure out what we really need to do, yeah. you know, and where are we really going. I know people that literally took the president's job for a year and was like, yeah, I'm done with this. Yeah, but yeah. you're like, yeah, just give me a 19. I'll yeah, a lot of people months. say that to me. I was talking to uh, one of the guys the other night. He goes, damn, I can't believe you did that for 20 years. It's amazing. It's yeah. a, I mean, yeah. the, the things we've talked about in this time we've spoken about, you're like, oh, yeah, been a firefighter for 36 years. Oh, yeah, I was a president for 20 years. You say it's so nonchalant. Yeah, it's, the, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. it yeah, it's you quite just kind of raise, rise yourself to the occasion yeah. to uh, to get it done. You know, do the best job you can. Have, you know, have focus, have a mission. Yeah. Let's well, do it. We're going to do a good job. You're clearly a very driven and focused person, which is... Which right, is, for most part. Yeah, for most good. part. But everybody needs some time off, though, too. That Everybody is, needs to. Practice. That is true. Maybe one day I'll take that very yeah. advice myself. Yeah. So, bringing me back to, to here at, at Adelphia, you know, what is what is it about this fire company that's so special to you? I guess it's just kind of where you start. And you know, somebody said to me, "Hey, would you, if you moved, would you ever join another fire company?" They said, eh, "Probably not." You know, because I had my fill here and right. I have my affiliation here. You know, so I think um, the special thing is too that we've had so many people here that just stay around. Right. You know, they're just members and they're just uh, they just stay with it. Right. You know, you know, we've got a lot of members like that. There's a lot of guys around here that have many more years than me you know, that still come around. There's a lot of fellas here that are retired 
You drive the fire truck. You know, Frank Biddle III, the guy's here every day. He's retired, lives around the corner. There's a fire, he's here. You know, there's one fella, uh, Frank Boschancic. He's um, an instructor at the fire academy. Guy's here every day when there's a call. Wow. So just just amazing. Those, and he's not spring chicken. He is, Frank's not a spring chicken, yeah. you know? That, that type of commitment is so rare these days. Sure. You know, and I'm not saying there isn't commitment these days. I'm not saying that there is. But that type of commitment. Definitely. It's hard to come by. Yeah. When you, and there's more names to mention, too. Right. I, you can't name them all. Right, another fellow, George Gravatt Sr., lives right down the street. The guy's here every day. Right. You know? That Do you think that has a lot to do with the reputation and the type of tradition here? At yeah, Delphi? I think it's the tradition, the camaraderie. Right. People are just committed to the organization because I think we just retain good people. And if you got a good group of people, they just kind of stick together and they're a team. It's kind of like a family. You know, it's the fire company family. You don't want to bring them all back to your house. Not always. But, but it's definitely <laughs> your family while you're here. Yeah, dysfunctional you know? at times. Yeah, but still yeah, a yeah. There's a lot of interesting characters that have been yes. here over the years. Yes. You know? So for definitely. you then, would you say that that's, that's what it is for you as the family bond? Yeah, I think it's just something you do when you get, you know, you, you'll, I think too, being in the fire company, you know a lot of people, and you just know a lot of people in town. Right. And if you need something or you need to talk to somebody, you know who to talk to. Or if you talk to somebody, yeah, you know what? Just go talk to this person here. They're the ones that are going to be to help you because you, you've got that right. you know tight knit bond. People know people. You know. In your time here, long time. What what would you say the most impressive thing for you was for this from this organization? What impressed you the most? I think just the longevity of the people staying around. You know. Right. Just, just uh, That's a great thinking answer. of those people, right. and um, you know, there's a fire commissioners meeting at the other firehouse tonight. There's fellas there. There's one fella, uh, George Patton's been a fire commissioner probably like for 40 years. He's wow. in his late 80s. Every day he's doing stuff for the fire district, whether he's going to the office and just paying bills. But it's just like you know, you say, "Oh, Maris, you're badass doing all this stuff." Then I look at George and I'm like. George is badass because George is in his 80s and he's doing this stuff. That, that, and he's not doing it to make anybody happy. He's right. doing so it for, for, himself, himself, for himself. And he's doing it because he's providing a service to the public. I, you know? I, I think so. The word Adelphia should be synonymous with longevity. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Yeah. 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 Because it seems like people here are so committed. Sure. And, and I would hope that a lot of fire companies are committed. And I've met some amazing people from different organizations yeah. that are just as committed. Right, right. Um, but what I think is so unique about this place, and again, I can't, I can't get over the fact that people have stayed in these positions and they don't come back. Right, right, you know, right. They stay in the company, yeah. but they just don't come back to these organizations. I mean, yeah. I was shocked by that. Yeah. And also, Adelphia has a good network of ex-chiefs. So if there's not an officer on scene, ex-chiefs handle the incidents. Right. So those ex-chiefs still get to be active, you know, if they're around and uh, especially during the day. You know, some of the older members that are retired, they're here, and they, they fill in the role, you know, fill in the void. Tell me, tell me what the, your family life has been throughout this whole journey of yours within the fire company. What was your, what's your family life like? Well, first you start with your parents, you know, as a kid, being in, um, with my brother, you know, kind of competition. I remember when we were kids, you know, fire tones go off, racing out, you know. I can remember Elbow my brother other. leaving me at the house because I wasn't quick enough for him. Yeah. <laughs> him pulling out the drive and I'm like dude so I got to drive myself and back then you could drive to the fire call you right. know you had your turnout gear in your trunk 
Um, so that was good. You know, and parents were always really just like, hey, if that's what you guys want to do. So they support. You know, yeah, they never came over here to see, hey, what kind of guys belong to this yeah. fire company? You know, <laughs> they interacted with some of the people, but they kind of knew what we were doing and we were in good hands here, good. you know. And then having kids, you know, I have a daughter and son, so I don't know if they're going to want to be in the public safety uh, field or have not. Have they expressed you know? any interest at all in that? I've had my son here. He comes with me. He's uh, going to be 16, Okay. you know. Um, so we'll see. You know, you got to give them room to figure out what right. they want to do. So you and can't, I, res you can't I respect make them. that. Yeah. I respect that. Yeah. You know, but so the bug hasn't bit him yet. Yeah, I don't know. I tell my I tell my son a lot of times. I said, Alex, just so you know, everybody, every male in your family, your um, your bro your dad, your uncle, right, your other uncles, your cousins, they're all public safety. They're either firefighters or police officers. Yeah. So guess what? <laughs> You better start thinking about what you want to be if you're going right. to be a policeman or a fireman, but right. it might be in your cards, if buddy. If you're smart, it'll be a fireman. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Especially in today's climate. Definitely. So talk a little bit about your brother, because I think that's interesting that your brother in Oregon, correct? Yeah. That he, he's, doing, yeah. he's doing public service stuff. Yeah, too. definitely, yeah. He's been doing it also uh, since he was 18. Right. You know, we both worked um, as special police officers in Belmar when okay. we were young kids, too, you know, so we were doing that. But, you know, our kind of um, start... We grew up next to Monmouth County Police and Fire Academy, so we were always over there as kids. Right. And my brother even more than me, but we were always over there, so we definitely had an appreciation. We lived like next driveway over, just walk through the woods or walk down the highway, we were there. So we always had an appreciation for the public safety um, so you know, profession. It's fair to say you and your brother were very close. Yeah. Was yeah. it difficult to see him leave? Oh, so when far? he first moved, I was like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, you yeah. know, but then after that, everybody's got their life to lead. Right. Uh, you know, so but he's he does a really good job. He's got a really good gift for gab. So anybody that you know, the older people here at Adelphi know him. And when he comes here, he still knows what's going on in Adelphi. He That's is good. always on top of it, and he even knows a lot of the kids. If he comes here a couple times a year, he knows who the people are. He's talking to them. Right. You know, so he's 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 into what's going on here. He still has the pulse. You is know? it fun for you to watch your brother's journey also? As a yeah, firefighter? yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I'm very proud of him and his accomplishments. And, uh, you know, he's been, uh, done some different jobs there, but his job now being, uh, you know, overseeing police and fire training for Oregon. That's huge. You know, that's huge. Huge job. Deal, and his man. job's the governor. You know, his right. boss is the governor. Right. So, um, so it's pretty cool, you know, and then he's in the volunteer fire service too. And, uh, you know, he's really active. That's he's, great. He's more active than me. He's like out there. Pretty, you sound nah, pretty active. he's out I mean, there every know. day doing <laughs> fires and riding on, driving his battalion, deputy fire chief's yeah, car, whatever, big shot, right? whatever he's got That's out awesome. there. Yeah, yeah. So listen, before I get you off the hot seat, yeah. you know, I always like to ask, you know, senior guys this, this very question. It is, is there one person or that one person, or was it many people as you came up in the fire service that you would say was your mentor, was your person, your guiding light? I think there's a lot of mentors over the years here at Adelphia Fire Company. Um, you know, one person I should mention is Toby Rowe, okay. who was a, um, he's a district fire warden past chief here, but he was involved in the forest fire service as a part-time guy, and he kind of helped me get steered in to become a full-time fire warden. So I think, you know, have to thank him. Um, but uh, there's been a lot, you know, a lot of the guys, especially I think just looking at the past chiefs, all those ex-chiefs before, right always you kind of look and you learn something different from everybody because everybody's got their good things that they're really good at um so i think you learn a little bit from everybody right. and then working for new jersey too for the forest fires you pick up a little bit from everybody you know some of those section fire wardens that section fire warden for their whole career 
This guy's got a lot of experience dealing with fires, a lot of experience working with people, and you just learn a lot from them. You know? I, I know when I met Brian Corvinus yep. in my area, he's so uh, dedicated to what he does. Yeah. It means so much to him. And I watched him grow all the way up from being in the tower and painting, yeah. painting fire trucks. Yeah, definitely. To where he is today. It's it's, it's great to see that transition. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. he had that very thing. Definitely. And I like to keep in touch with those guys too. I still do go out on wildfires with New Jersey as an on-call guy. I'm sure. So I'm still out there doing <laughs> stuff with them. And uh, I always like to see what they're doing too. And I like to watch too as there's you know people that were younger when I was still working and as they're progressing up through the ranks and they're making a difference and and doing a good job and uh, being proactive with their jobs, you know, because it's really kind of, um, it's, it's, it, it is an honor to work for New Jersey Forest Fire Service, you know, full-time staff, 89 people, right. you know, there's about 2,000 on-call part-time guys, you know, so those guys that uh, get those full-time jobs are definitely revered jobs, yeah. you know, but then, you know, a big shout out really goes to all that part-time workforce out there too. There's a lot of district fire wardens that um, do it part-time right. and uh, bust their ass have regular careers and uh, they still have the love for the for the forest fire warden job and they're just out there you know um, a lot of times when I was the local section fire warden here when I was B8 you're kind of thinking hey who's who's available today who are right. the guys that are available so you're depending on those yeah, yeah 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 and some guys just would say you know what I'm busy but if it's a bad fire day I'll be there so, so it's pretty cool. And I know firsthand that they jump on the truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're some pretty badass guys. Yeah. I mean, all the guys that I was here in B8, Denny Letts passed away, uh, my father-in-law. Badass guy, you know, just uh, just hard workers. You know, there's there's a lot of guys like that. Uh, Dick Wallace was one fella, uh, career firefighter in Lakewood. When he was off from career firefighting, he's driving B36. That's the type of guy. You're running down the fire, B36 is coming. You know the cavalry's coming. That's awesome, and it's great to see the amount of passion that you have for the fire service, and and it, it really is astonishing to watch your career bloom as it did at, as a junior member. Sure, it's been an amazing journey for you, and, I, and it's an honor to meet you. And it's yeah, an honor no, to talk to you oh, about this. Stuff. Awesome. And I well, I'm, ha very I'm much. happy to be here and happy to talk to you. Great. And, well, and thank you very much. I'm glad. I'm glad. And awesome. listen, episode 39, you're able to see some of what's going on here, and a lot more to come. Excellent. Thank you very much. Yeah.